Hi, I'm Ken. And I'm Dee. And this is Antiques Freaks. Good podcast. This week we will be discussing deck prisms. Deck prisms? Deck prisms. What is a deck prism? Yeah, what is? A deck prism is a fist-sized chunk of glass. It looks like someone tried to make a real-life version of the diamond emoji. It's got a flat base about one inch to one and a half inches thick. Six or more sides sloping to a central point. Like the diamond emoji. Just looks like a big fuck-off diamond made of glass. Sounds pretty. It is pretty. I'm in. You are in. Wait, did you trap me in one of those? Nice. Now I know what you're thinking, D. You're thinking, what could this fist-sized chunk of glass possibly be used for? I am thinking that, actually. Is it like a soul stone of Morrowind? It is. But no. Flip it turnways. Put the flat on the top and the point on the bottom. And embed it in the deck of a wooden sailing ship. But why? <laughs> but my pretty diamond is gone now. It's in this ship. It's in the ship deck. Oh, just you wait. With the flat top flush with the planks and the point down below decks, sunlight will hit the top and be refracted through the faceted point to light up below decks. Oh! It is astonishingly bright. Oh, it's a lamp! It's a solar lamp. Oh. My. G. Because wooden ships don't have windows below decks. They can't or water would get in. Yes. But you also can't have the deck be made of glass entirely because it would crack and shatter. And then water would get in. <laughs> yes. So you make small fist size holes and you put these crystals in them. And because they are not very wide and are very thick, they don't shatter under the pressure of day-to-day -day work on deck. And because they are faceted, they take what little light they do receive directly and refract it to something much brighter and spread further. Well, shiver me timbers and blow me down. Herman Melville would have you believe wooden whale ships were lit by whale oil lamps and spermaceti candles. No, that would be bad. Ships are made out of wood. <laughs> this is because he is a pathological liar. Awake and a woustabout, as they say. <laughs> He was prone to immersing himself fully in fits of fancy with no regard for truth. Yes. Clinically, we call that a pathological liar. I guess that's true. As Dee has pointed out, fire aboard a wooden ship is a bad idea. <laughs> Not recommended. Especially below decks where you are enclosed in wood, which I must remind you is flammable. <laughs> and if I'm not incorrect, is sealed with pitch for water resistance? Indeed, yes. Pitch, which you also put on top of a stick to make a torch, because it is incredibly flammable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm kind of seeing why candles wouldn't fly below decks. Whale ships in particular are not just sealed with pitch, but also soaked through with whale oil. Due to all the whales they've been murdering and then rendering down on board and then storing in the casks below decks. Now, Ken, do you mean that same whale oil that we use to burn lamps? Because it is flammable? Yes, that whale oil. Ah. So, the planks of the ship are all thoroughly soaked through the whale oil, and then on top of that, you have barrels full of whale oil below decks. <laughs> so, you really don't want more candles than you absolutely need down there. That's a bad plan. Wait, but, so I can't, I can't have my ghoul friend Bed Bath & Beyond candle down there? You really can't. Well, I'm not working on this whale ship now. That is a privilege for the captain and the captain alone. Because 
his quarters are up on deck in their own little house that is significantly less soaked with whale oil and also has like windows and a door. You know what? I'm going to say it. It doesn't sound fun to work on this whale ship. You know, studies have shown. (laughs) I'll take this hero award. Thank you. (laughs) So yes, during daylight hours and absence of windows, below decks is lit by deck prisms. (laughs) What a delightfully simple answer to a question I have forgotten to ask my whole life. You can see a deck prism in action for yourself aboard the Charles W. Morgan in Mystic Seaport, Connecticut. Oh yeah, and I have. It is, quote, the last wooden whale ship in the world, built in 1841. Built where now? Oh, in New Bedford, Massachusetts. Hmm. But in the 1970s, New Bedford sold it to Mystic Seaport. (sighs) They put the boat in the river, and now you can walk right on it and behold its beautiful deck prisms for yourself. And then be in an entirely different state from where it came from while you're at it. Well, ships being vehicles, they are rather portable, yes. But it doesn't belong to us, Ken. Oh, it belongs to us. It knows where its home is, and someday it will return. Ominous. You may have also seen deck prisms in Dinotopia. Oh, hell yeah! James Gurney's richly illustrated fantasy book series about socialist dinosaurs. If you've ever cared about art even once in your life, you have to go check out James Gurney's Dinotopia series. It tells the tale of 19th century adventurers who are shipwrecked on an island full of dinosaurs. And I'm assuming James Gurney came across a deck prism or two in his 19th century sailing research because, dear God, does the man thoroughly research his illustrations. Oh yeah. (laughs) Possibly more than any other illustrator on the planet. National Geographic hired this guy for a reason. The reason is he's incredible. He's a golden god of illustrating. But the sunstones of Dinotopia, the magical gems that power their robots. Yes, the dinosaurs have robots. No, I won't be going more into that. They are very clearly based on deck prisms, complete with a similar inner glow. And, if that sentence hadn't already drawn you in, they're extremely rad. They are extraordinarily rad, and you can also behold James Gurney's finesse with watercolors, gouache, and oil paints by seeing how he has depicted these glowing glass stones. I defy you to draw a prism and then make it seem as if it is ignited from within while maintaining translucency in watercolors. <laughs> it's uh Do it, you won't. It is extremely good. Man's a goddamn national hero. Protect James Gurney at all costs. Deck prisms were used from the 1600s was the earliest reference I could find through the 19th century. And they were a precursor to the Preston Patent Illuminator. And the what now? The Preston Patent Illuminator. Okay. Dee, have you encountered this in the wild? I certainly haven't. And any of your journeys through life or through fictional media? No, none. Or have you? Wait, have I? It is essentially a deck prism, except it's shaped like a tap light, circular and domed, and set in a metal frame. A tap light? And if you've ever heard of the Preston Patent Illuminator, it's probably because of the terror. Oh, okay. A novel by Dan Simmons turned into a TV series on AMC based on the lost expedition of the HMS Erebus and the HMS Terror in 1845. The phrase Preston Patent Illuminator appears in the novel at least eight times because Preston Patent Illuminators were used to illuminate the lower decks of the HMS Erebus and the HMS Terror. Don't get it twisted. It's a shit book and you shouldn't read it. This is probably why you don't remember it. Yeah. Because it was a bad book and you shouldn't read it. 
I quit during the second chapter, so like, no, I wasn't really gonna get there. The TV series being a visual medium cuts out a lot of the obnoxious narrative voice, which I feel like improves and elevates the material. This is one of those cases where the TV series far outstrips the book in quality. Thanks to Hannah Haverkamp for pointing out the Preston Patent Illuminator connection to the deck prism. And check out her guest episode with us, number 158, Historical Costumes with Hannah. Thanks for letting us know, Hannah. I love how much of my Tumblr dashboard is terror fans. <laughs> it's it's a good series. I've never seen a single minute of the show, but I know everything I could ever possibly need to know about it. I've held several conversations with people who've actually watched it without ever having to reveal I haven't. <laughs> He's just been tricking people? You're gaslighting your friends. Like Herman Melville, I too am a pathological liar. <laughs> Now, D. Yeah. If deck prisms are in fact so goddamn cool, why did we ever stop using them? That's a good question. Why? They're easy to use, they're accessible, and they rule. There are three factors. One, insulation. While deck prisms offer a very, very small window below decks, it's still a window. And if you know anything about windows, it's that they tend to pass heat through them. So if, for example, the Pacific is devoid of whales and you have to start doing to the Arctic, Uh-oh. that's going to be a very cold problem for you. Yeah, even colder if you're on the Terror. Rather. The second is that ships start to be made out of metal. And metal ships do not present the same fire hazard as wood ships. So there's no longer such a strong incentive to keep candles and lamps out of the lower decks. Okay. The third is the advent of electricity. Oh, A form of lighting not dependent on the sun that does not present nearly as much of a fire hazard as an open flame. I see. When ships start having steam engines, they can start generating their own electricity on board, and therefore they can have light whenever they want, day or night, without starting a fire. What luxury, and yet, what did we leave behind? The deck prism. The beautiful, glorious, innocent, perfect deck prism. Exactly. I love him so. Deck prism, take me away. (laughs) I don't remember that Calgon commercial. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Behold, D, the only millennial who remembers Calgon commercials. Just kidding. Nigel also remembers them, but that's because he loves Mystery Science Theater 3000. Is that the only reason he knows? Probably. Huh. However, the deck prism is not entirely left behind. Oh? Where can I see one? The same principle is used today to light homes with plastic water bottles. Wait, what? The organization leader of light... L-I-T-E-R of light helps people all over the world with limited access to electricity get clean, safe light with a liter-sized water bottle, water, three millimeters of bleach. You can get light inside during daylight hours with zero electricity. Oh, that's neat as hell. And if you add a test tube with an LED light in it attached to a miniature solar panel, you can get light inside at night. Oh, hell yeah. It is extraordinarily efficient use of energy. Now, D, you are, by this point, I presume, thoroughly in love with the deck prism. Yeah, completely. I would like one. But how can you acquire your own deck prism? Yeah, how? Where can I want one? They used to sell them at the local whaling museum, but they don't anymore. There are replicas. Replicas everywhere. Only replicas? Basically, any nautical tourist area will have them, except for the New Bedford Whaling Museum, because they hate money and also me personally. I don't understand. A deck prism is the most impulse buy creature I've ever encountered in my whole life. I wanted one since I was a child without ever knowing what it was. So you know how New Bedford used to have the Charles W. Morgan, but doesn't now? 
and someone else has the Morgan. Yes. Mystic Seaport sells hand-cast replicas of actual deck prisms found aboard the Morgan. And they're hand-cast, huh? Uh-huh. <sighs> Just one more reason to visit Mystic Seaport instead of New Bedford. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> whose side are you on? I'm on the side of the people who will give me a goddamn deck prism. I don't think that's an unreasonable stance to take. Yeah, that's, that's a fair point. They are also sold at the Maritime History Center in Salem, Massachusetts. God damn it, everyone has these things except for us. One more reason to go back to Salem. I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> but, like, we could have them here, too. We could, and we should, but we don't, so we have to go to either Salem or Connecticut. Personally, I'm up for either. Because I'm, what? Vaccinated. Hell yeah, me too. High five. Crazy how we're able to high five over Discord, but technology is amazing. As evidenced by the deck prism. <laughs> Is it true that the deck prisms were also called deadlights? I did not come across it in my research, but I very much want it to be true. Okay. I caught it in passing while I was just looking at pictures of the sunstones. <laughs> just gazing longingly into Dinotopia. Yeah. So, I mean, that's cool. It is. But D, what if you want a genuine antique deck prism? Yeah, what do I do? Good luck. They're a hundred plus years old and repros are everywhere. Ah, man. But I think I might know someone who could give us some tips on how to identify genuine antique glass that we could use towards finding genuine antique deck prisms. You do? I think so. Who? Let me call them real quick. Bring, bring. Are they picking up? Not yet. (laughs) Do you please tell the people how they can pick out antique glass? (laughs) Oh, hold up. Click. Hello? (laughs) Hey, D. Oh, hey, sorry, I was on a podcast. Oh, cool. I'm also doing a podcast, and I have some questions about how to identify genuine antique glass. That's great. I'm holding up my thumb and pinky as to indicate talking on a phone. Would you believe it? So am I. (laughs) Um, So for glass that's as old as a deck prism, I would say it's tough because it's clear glass, which is like the hardest kind. Truly, the hardest nut to crack. I would avoid anything that has a color. I know a lot of the reproductions come in blue and green, and that's, like, automatically, like, not the case. Those would conduct sunlight very poorly. Correct. But a genuinely old one would probably be a very faint purple tint due to its extreme exposure to UV rays. Although, uh, historical examples of some of them also kind of show a weird... I would call, like, a dirty water yellow from the same UV exposure. So generally clear, but with a slight discoloration. Yeah. Also probably wicked scuffed up for being on the deck of a working ship. Yeah, I would say probably an extreme amount of wear. Definitely wouldn't be smooth. Definitely wouldn't be what? Smooth. Oh, definitely wouldn't be smooth. I would also expect them to be much, much heavier. So heavy. Reproduction glass pieces, especially compared to the original, like, ones they were supposed to be, tend to be very lightweight. Because they're made out of a different kind of glass. Yep. The older glass had higher concentrations of metal bits in it, which made it way heavier. Probably lead. Probably lead. For more information on that, check out our Danger Lead episode. And don't eat any deck prisms. Ha 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 ha. Oh, we do have fun. <laughs> We have a grand time eating all the deck prisms people hand us. Sources for this episode include leaderoflight.org. Ooh. And thanks to Tumblr user Places and Palaces for pointing that website out to us. The novel The Terror by Dan Simmons. 
And thanks again to Tumblr user Havercamp Inc, aka Hannah Havercamp, for pointing that out to us. And extra special thanks to Tumblr user Focusel, F-O-C-S-L-E. Yeah. The contraction for Four Castle, which is part of a ship. On the level, I see. Because they gave the first and most comprehensive answer to my inquiry of, what the fuck is this thing? I know what it's shaped like. I know what it was used for. Here's where it would go in a ship, but I can't find the name, so Google won't show it to me. Please help. (laughs) But they jumped aboard, if you will, and said, that's a deck prism. Here are some examples. Also, holy shit, it's bright. Yeah, actually, I'm uh, I'm looking at some of the images from Glacian of it on the Charles Morgan, and it is brighter than I would have expected. I would expect Tumblr user Focusol to know about this because they create the webcomic Going to Weather, which is about 19th century whaling. Ooh, that sounds like a cool thing to check out. And they also have a gothic novel out called Lacrimore, which you can find at their website, sj-costello.com. And of course, Wikipedia. Oh, thank you, Wikipedia. Donate, won't you? Thank you. If you would like to suggest an episode topic or just say hello, you can email us directly, antiquesfreakspodcast at gmail.com. You can post in our Facebook group, Antiques Freaks Friends, or you can tag us on Tumblr, antiquesfreaks.tumblr.com. As this episode demonstrates, we are extraordinarily active on Tumblr. (laughs) This episode brought to you by Tumblr. Unironically. Tumblr's always got our back. If you liked learning about all of these cool boat facts, consider heading on over to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leaving us a review. Five-star review? Why, that works just fine for me. A five-star review would light up our hearts, much in the way a deck prism lights up below decks. Which is to say, astonishingly bright. If you would like to peruse a wide variety of vintage goods or t-shirts and stickers with the podcast logo on them, you can find all of that and more at our Etsy at etsy.com slash shop slash antiquesfreaks. The posting of jewelry has begun, so if you want to get in on the ground floor, check it out. Rhinestones. Rhinestones for all. Rhinestones. If you would like to listen to our special bonus episode presentation of the Penny Dreadful Varney the Vampire or the Feast of Blood, you can find that over on our Patreon at patreon.com slash antiquesfreaks. Special shout out to our patrons for paying our hosting fees and filling our hearts with love. So much love. And thank you in particular for listening. That's right. You. Au revoir. Goodbye.